0: Welcome to The Craft. I'm your host, Mae Globus. This podcast is a collection of intimate conversations on artistry, mastery, and life with talented, passionately curious creatives and entrepreneurs. Most are dear friends, some are those I've admired from afar. I hope you enjoy these conversations, this exploration of the humanity that connects all of us as much as I do having them. Thank you for being here and for listening. This episode is brought to you by Before, an incredible new self-care brand that just launched their first products, a line of purifying toothpastes. I'm obsessive about my teeth and brush them usually three times a day, so I'm super excited to be using Before. It ticks off many boxes of what a good toothpaste should be. Their custom super mint flavor actually tastes really good, and the consistency is silky, and at the same time, it doesn't leak out of the tube, which is a total pet peeve of mine. It's also non-abrasive, so it doesn't destroy your tooth enamel. All the harmful ingredients have been replaced by clean alternatives, and their custom blend of fluoride and dentist-approved ingredients totally promotes optimal mouth health. Before also deeply cares about our planet. Their tubes are made from 100% recyclable, plant-based sugar cane, and creates 50% less carbon footprint than traditional toothpaste tubes. As you all can tell from the show, I'm a huge fan of good, purposeful design, and let me tell you, the design and color palette of these are Beautiful. The tube stands upright on your counter and makes your bathroom look minimal and chic. Visit their website before.com and enter the code CRAFT10, C-R-A-F-T-10, to receive 10% off your entire purchase. One-time use per customer. I'm a huge fan of what they stand for. You won't be sorry, and your teeth and the planet will thank you. As a number of you know, I'm also a certified sound therapy practitioner and founder of Oto Healing, a sound therapy studio and practice. Sound has been a healing modality through many cultures for thousands of years. Oto's approach to sound is rooted in both art and science, the art being the history of sound, the science being quantum physics, biology, brainwave states, and more. All listeners of this show get 15% off their first private one-hour session. Visit otohealing.com to book yours now. Donnell Garcia walks with a vibe of confidence, but it's one that's chill and observant. For many years, he was a care worker, drawn to behavioral development programs, helping figure out what people were good at and helping them create routines to integrate them back into society. Photography was a side hobby that became a career, working with clients like Lululemon, Half Moon, Livestock, Vans Vault, and more. His work has also been widely shown in print and digital publications, like Street Dreams Magazine. Working out of a Living Taste studio, He also launched an incredible community library of art, fashion, photography, and design books and magazines called Book Section, where they can be signed out for two weeks. Returns are by honor system. He was born in the Philippines, immigrating with his parents to East Vancouver when he was five. An only child, Donnell was often left to his own devices, catching the train downtown to explore and also playing sports, mainly basketball. After observing a care worker friend of his parents, he started to look into nursing programs and worked as a nurse for more than five years. It was meeting twin brothers, who quickly became his friends, that opened up his world to photography, art, fashion, and music. When they founded an agency, Donnell became their photographer, marking his transition into a new career and purpose. In this conversation, we wander through a wide range of topics, what people want for those who are caretaking for them, How his work as a nurse has translated into his work as an artist and photographer. Observing patterns in the world, conversation, and interactions. Donnell's approach to mentoring emerging photographers. Why he's taken a break from photography at this moment and recalibrating his vision. The honesty in his artistic point of view and much more. Please enjoy this conversation with the easygoing, open-minded, and super perceptive Donnell Garcia. Donnell... Donnell Garcia, welcome to the craft. <laughs> <laughs> Going with the first and last name. Yeah. Big entrance. This is your first podcast.
1: Yeah, it is. Yeah, I don't think I've ever recorded a podcast before. So Yeah. How are you think feeling I've ever about it? Like in front of a mic like this before. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool. I guess it's like, I mean, I've always had like conversations with people, but never in like this type of setting yeah the officials oh yeah. <laughs> yeah i always say this is
0: a conversation between friends and yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. but uh, you and i met through i believe eric veloso when <laughs> yeah, yeah. you were working in the street dreams office mm-hmm. and yeah sort of doing work with a bunch of people that i know actually yeah 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 um yeah, and I always thought, oh, this guy has such a good vibe. I'd love to talk to him one day about yeah. what <laughs> what's going on with him. And I mean, I mm-hmm. follow your work, and mm-hmm. your work is really amazing and, and beautiful, and it just has a way of, of telling a story mm-hmm. um, that I think is really compelling. So cool. I'm so happy you're here, and I'm so happy to be your first ever episode <laughs> of, hopefully many. <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, for you. I mean, thank you. That was like a huge compliment. I never really get to hear like um, feedback about my stuff for people that, like, aren't my friends. I mean, I always expect, like, my friends to be like, oh, yeah, that was sick. But, I mean, you're my friends. Of course you got to think it's sick, so it's nice to hear. Yeah. Um, that I also have a good vibe, too, so. Yeah,
0: <laughs> you really do. Um, but, yeah, I, I definitely want to um, go back to, you know, young Danelle. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, you were born in the Philippines. <clears throat> so, so tell me about your story coming over here to North America.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, well, I came here when I was about, like, four or five years old. And um, I don't remember much, like, about being in the Philippines. I mean, I can only have, like, like, very partial memories from when I was, like, a kid just through, like, photo albums and stuff that my parents keep. And I'll be like, oh, yeah, I think I remember that, like, second birthday party, like, that type of stuff. Um, and then I pretty much went straight, like, I remember, like, I remember... Coming off the plane and like meeting my family for the first time like on my dad's side I was like growing up with my mom's side in the Philippines and then I just remember like Just going straight into school like I don't remember anything in between like landing and then school But yeah, I just remember like going straight into school and I don't know like how I learned English My mom told me that I just like was watching a lot of TV and that's how I just like learned English, but um yeah, and then I just, like, that was that was me, like, coming coming to Canada, and then I just went straight into school, and I just kind of acclimated really fast.
0: Yeah, right, right, yeah, yeah. straight into kindergarten, mm-hmm. growing up in East Van, mm-hmm. and then um, Burnaby, like, Metrotown area. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Um, what do you remember about your – did you observe anything in terms of how your parents navigated the change mm-hmm. coming over I, here?
1: I think what I did notice was that – um my mom had a lot of jobs. That was like the one thing that I noticed because I would be like a little kid and I would be with my dad and my dad maybe had one or two jobs that I knew of when I um came to Canada, or at least I was conscious about. I knew that he was like he's always been working for the Vancouver School Board as like a custodian, but it was like the first like four or five years was like um it was kind of like uh what do you call it? it was like part-time he wasn't like staffed at like a single school he was even like the custodian at my elementary school for a little bit too um but yeah and then um i just knew yeah i just knew my mom had a lot of jobs they like ranged from like working at a bakery in south granville to like a 7-eleven like down the street to like another bakery on like oak and 16th which my a lot of my family members still work at which is kind of cool um But yeah, I just remember them like working a lot of jobs, and I think I was only really conscious about um, how they were navigating like the their like move to Canada until I got older. Mm. Um, But it felt like pretty. I never felt like it was like we were, I don't know, struggling or anything like that because we had so much family and we all lived in the same house. So it felt very normal to me. Like I would be like at home with like. Five of my cousins, two of my uncles, three of my aunts, my grandparents, my parents, and like, and that I'd be out, I'd be like, like, sitting on the couch watching like, Full House, and it was like the same thing. So it's like, oh yeah, like we live a pretty normal life, and mm. my parents never, um, my parents, I think, they never wanted to like, I guess like, uh, expose me to like their hardships when I was younger. Mm-hmm. So they wanted me to as much as much as they can, they wanted to give me like a kind of experience that. They would think that, I guess, like, other kids or other people in Canada would have. So, like, every two weeks when they got paid, they would, like, buy me a new shirt or, like, buy me a new pair of shoes or, like, take me out or something like that. And we'd, like, kind of do normal things, I guess. that mm. Things that maybe, I don't know now if they could have re- really afforded it back then. But I feel like they were trying really hard to make sure that, like, it didn't feel like we were, like... um I guess, like, uh, like struggling immigrants or whatever. So, like, mm. I felt very, um, I don't know, I felt very spoiled, I guess. <laughs> I felt very spoiled when I was a kid. Plus, I'm, like, an only child. I was going to ask, are you an yeah, only I have, child? I have no, yeah, I have no siblings, so they really only had, like, me to focus on. So, it was, like, it was kind of nice. And, I mean, I grew up with all my cousins, so I didn't, never felt like I had, like, like the only child syndrome type thing. A lot of people, when they, when they meet me, they're like, oh, oh, you're an only child? I'm like, yeah, like... You don't feel like it. And I'm like, I don't know what that's supposed to feel like, but I guess. But I mean, looking back at it, yeah, I feel like I was very um, fortunate for my parents to be able to like not um, like if I was like, oh, like I saw this kid at school. He had this like really cool like bike and they'd be like, okay, we'll get you a bike. You know what I mean? Mm. So they were like, yeah. Regardless or not, whether I know now or not, if they had the means to do that, they still just tried anyways, Mm. and they gave me that experience, which I'm like super fortunate like to have. Yeah. So, of course. I mean, I thank my parents a lot for (laughs) for what they've uh, let me do. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. What uh, if you were gonna, you know, describe each of your parents in Mm. a couple of words? What Mm. would you say?
1: I would say my dad is um, very uh, creative. Um, musical, and uh, uh, discipline. Um, he's a military guy, so he's, like, very very rigid sometimes, um, but he's also a musician, so he's also very free-flowing yeah. as well. Um,
0: you don't normally hear creative and discipline like, <laughs> <yeah>, together. <Governor. laughs> yeah, yeah, but he's,
1: like, yeah, so he has, like, those two sides of him where it's, like, you know, like, you like you won't see a single like crumb on the floor of our apartment, Um, but at the same time, like you'll always hear like music and there's like a bunch of random instruments around the place or whatever. So he's like, and he'll be like playing the trumpet at like 11 p.m. And I'm like, why are you doing this? <laughs> you know? So it's like it's like you're the one that's like telling me to go to sleep at nine, but you're playing the trumpet at 11? Like that doesn't yeah. make sense.
0: It's like something in his soul. He's yeah, gotta yeah, yeah, do yeah, yeah, it. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> Um, my mom, I would say, is very, I guess she, I would say she's very um, caring, most caring, um, very sensitive. And I would say, I guess, like loving. I mean, I feel like those are like the top three words that anybody hopefully would yeah. describe what, what a mother is. But yeah, I feel like she's definitely like the, um, I guess if there's another one, I would say fashionable. Mm. Yeah. So she went to like a university that was like half business, half fashion. Mm. So she was like kind of. I mean, she was going to school for business, but like, yeah. But mm. I like she is the type of person that will like go to the grocery store, but like with a full fit on. <laughs> I, love, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Your yeah. mom has her own swag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Definitely. Yeah. yeah,
0: I think it's so funny what you were saying about watching Full House, and you're like, oh yeah, mm. this is yeah, yeah. this is totally normal. Yeah. Like I'm in a normal situation. Yeah. But the thing about that was like Full House wasn't normal either. You don't yeah, like yeah. white families. Or, yeah. I don't feel like yeah. usually live with yeah, their. Yeah uncles and like Mm. everyone but anyways i think that's so funny um but i'd love to know what were you like what were you like as a kid and then as you started to grow Mm. up into a teenager you know what's yeah how did you how did you see the world
1: i think when i was a kid i had like a lot of freedom because like my parents were always working which i didn't never saw that as like a i never saw that as like oh my parents are never home like everything i was always like cool my parents are at home you know (laughs) like and i just kind of understood that like they were working so i just thought growing up that was just like so normal so i was very like i had a lot of freedom to do different things and i guess because i was like like mostly even though i did live in the house with a bunch of my family i was like mostly like alone like playing video games or playing with my toys or playing basketball outside and the cousins that i lived with um um they were like really like girly girls so they would never play sports with me and stuff like that so like i would just like go to the park on my own and stuff like that and i had i remember i had like a i had like my dad i didn't have a key but i had like the um garage door opener so that was like my key to get in and out of the house so but that was also like like since i live with my grandparents like when they would hear the garage door open they'd be like oh like (laughs) donald's going out of the house (laughs) so that was like their kind of like alarm for like oh like for them to like poke their head out the window like hey where are you going and i'm like i'm going to the park to play basketball um but yeah they pretty much like my parents like they were very um yeah they allowed me to do like so many things which i think is like um i don't i i think it's just because they are working so much that they couldn't really pay attention to like what i was doing and um that I think with that freedom allowed me to like really explore like the things that I liked and mm. did so many different things. And I remember like, I remember like being like seven, eight years old and like taking the bus and the SkyTrain by myself, you know? Cause I was like, I didn't like in the summer, like I have nowhere to go. And like, I'm just like, Oh, what should I do? And I remember like Go, knowing how to take the bus and the sky train with my mom to like go to the mall so i would just do that like by myself and then sometimes i would just like be like 10 years old like taking the sky train to like downtown i'm like i don't know where i am but i know how to get there and back and then my parents i would come home like before it gets dark and my parents were like okay like dinner's here and they would never ask me and about my day i'm saying, 10 years old yeah you know I'm 10 years old they're gonna be like what'd you do today they probably I was like, oh, I played basketball but really i was like Mm. downtown like walking around like doing nothing no yeah. money just like walking around looking at stuff so I think um
0: I wonder if they would have freaked out more if you were like yeah I went downtown
1: yeah maybe maybe I don't know like one time I think I told my mom I was like yeah I went to Metrotown and she was like what and I was like never mind <laughs> I was like no, no no I didn't go to metrotown at all I'm like oh, I went with my cousin Janice or whatever and he's like oh, okay okay, okay. <laughs> and, uh, um but yeah I think I was very um Um, I think that experience really allowed me to like, get to know myself. Like, I think as I got older, I knew that that was, I recognized that that what I was, that's what I was doing because I felt like when I was, when I became like a more like conscious, like teenager at like 16, I was talking to my friends and I was talking to like people at my high school and stuff like that. And I was realizing that they had so many, um, different like levels of like self-consciousness and self-doubt and like um non i guess like i don't know what the opposite of self-awareness is but like they didn't i could tell that they, they were like still kind of like getting to know themselves whereas i felt like really confident in like myself and i think that like and i think that was just like me being able to like form my own opinions without like i guess that also goes with me being an only child it's like don't have like an older brother or older sister telling me like you suck or that's lame or that's cool so i didn't i was forming my own opinions so i was very confident of what i thought was cool and what i thought wasn't cool and what i really liked and what i didn't like and i like i never had like anybody to like sway me in Mm. any direction so when i like came so when i was talking to like my other friends like i would notice like my other friends like like you know, there's always like the leader of the friend group. <laughs> I could tell that like my my friends would be like always trying to copy the leader of the friend group, whereas I was kind of like, it. it I would follow if it made sense to me, but if it didn't, then I'd be like, I'm I'm cool, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like I don't I don't do that, or like I'm not with that, or or I am, you know what I mean? But like I think that was something that like I noticed in myself, like um, as a teenager, compared mm-hmm. to like the other people that were my age.
0: And uh, what were you drawn to?
1: um i think i was like well i grew up like kind of like a i was like a jock like in high school so i only like played sports that was like the biggest thing in my life was just like basketball anything sports related i did not think about art whatsoever (laughs) i think like um i think like art program at my school was not great my school was like a my high school was like a prep school for sports so like everybody there played sports so like i mean that's the biggest reason why i went to that high school is because like i wanted to play sports and i wanted to play at a school that was good at sports um but the art program was pretty not cool <laughs> and we were doing something there. were like i still took the art classes though because i i just thought that they would be easy <laughs> but i did find but as soon as i like went into the art courses i was like Oh, this is like, this is cool. Like, I definitely would categorize myself as a creative person. Like, I could feel, like, my brain, like, working when I'm, like, painting and sculpting and stuff like that. But it was never something that I assumed that I would want to pursue. Mm -hmm. I was very drawn to just, like, the outdoors and being outside and, like, playing sports and, like, being with my friends and, like, always being with my friends and just, like, always, like, doing stuff, like, with my hands and stuff like that. And of course, like music is like, I hope is like a big part in everybody's lives, but I was listening to a lot of music for sure. And yeah, I mean, there wasn't really like, I mean, I guess there was internet when I was high school, but it wasn't like, we didn't have like Facebook or anything like that when Mm -hmm. I was in high school. So like, I was just consuming a lot of like books, which like, I guess kind of makes sense. I mean, that was like, I think um, that was like the big thing that I was doing. I was like collecting a lot of like magazines when I was growing up, a lot of sports magazines, but also... Just random stuff that like my uncle who I lived with he's like my young uncle so when I was like in elementary school he was like in high school so he was kind of growing up in like the 90s hip-hop era so like every so when I would like it was like one of those I don't know if you've ever seen movies where like a little kid goes into the big brother's room and they have like all this crazy stuff like he would have like all the latest hats like all like like the source magazines with tupac and biggie on it and he'd have all the cool like basketball jerseys, like everything and of and of course i'd be like stealing the clothes like (laughs) and wearing them of course (laughs) up to school like wow obviously my uncle's like at high school, I'm like, oh, I'm just gonna wear this. I'm just gonna wear this Michael Jordan jersey. I don't oh, I don't know why my you know my uncle keeps this wrapped in plastic, but I'm gonna take it out of the plastic did and you wear get her to a, school. Did, did
0: you get a whooping after from <laughs> Yeah, your uncle? my
1: uncle I, my uncle was pretty nice about it, but he was kind of like, Don't don't touch my stuff. Just ask me if you wanna wear this. And it was funny because it's like obviously like back then the style was like super baggy. So it's like super baggy on this guy who's like five nine. So it's obviously gonna be like extra baggy on me, who's like Five too. <laughs> so like, uh, but yeah, those were the kind of things that I was like really drawn to, like in school and as I was like growing up, like as a kid and like whatever. I was just kind of like, um, yeah. Sounds a lot like of you were just exploring yeah, too, yeah, like yeah, just 100%. sort of like going with it mm, in mm. in
0: a way. Um, yeah, and I find that it's interesting. You were doing a lot of sports, and then after high school, you went into physiotherapy. That's mm-hmm. where you got your degree in, which surprised me when you were telling me that mm-hmm. in our sort of, like, chat a couple mm-hmm. of weeks ago.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, uh, actually, it was nursing. Nursing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I, like, um, I never really thought about, like, like, while I was in high school, I never really thought that much about, like, what I wanted to do after high school. Um, I was kind of exploring, like, the options, and I thought that... Actually I did try to take like courses to get into the physio program the first year I was like in college but I realized that that wasn't really something that I wanted to do like I think um I think I was I I like I knew that like my extent of playing really high level sports was in high school I like knew that like right away like I knew that like like I really loved basketball and I think I like to think I was really good at basketball in high school. Um, but I knew that like I'm not going to like play in college and I'm not going to make it to the NBA or like, you know, I'm not going to get, I'm not going to try and try out for like some colleges in the States or whatever. Like I, I knew, I mean, I'm like at the time I was like five eight, maybe dripping wet, like 135 pounds or something like that. Like really skinny guy, like small guy. And I just knew that like, even though I loved basketball, I knew that that wasn't what I was going to do as a profession. So I figured I'm like, oh, well, I really like sports. So maybe like physiotherapy. But then I didn't really like. I did not really like it, I think. I think mainly because I didn't really like the people that were in my classes. Oh, I mean, that's a, that's a huge part of it. <laughs> yeah. I was like, wait a second, like these are all the guys that I, that play sports that I don't like that are trying to be physiotherapists, And I'm like, oh, I'm like, I don't know about this. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I don't know about this. So um, nursing was like, surprisingly, none of my family are nurses. Like none of my aunts or uncles or anybody are nurses. But I think I was just kind of like um, um, one of my mom's friends, my parents' friends, he was like, like a caregiver he was a caretaker and um I would see him like at the mall and I would see him like hanging out with my parents and stuff like that and I thought his job seemed pretty cool like he was just like kind of walking around with his clients and stuff like that and just like chilling with them and yeah I guess he was making a lot of money too at the time it was a lot of money I guess and I remember like going to his place and he was like oh like I was like, oh, this is this is a nice this is a nice apartment. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this, this is this is kind of cool. And I was like, and so I, um, I, that was like when I was in high school. And I thought, oh, maybe this is something that I maybe could do. It seems pretty chill. And like, I think my only goal, like coming out of high school, was that like I just wanted to have like a stable job. I just wanted to have like I kind of wanted wanted a pretty like nuclear life where I was like I need a good job so then I could like hopefully like get married and then like have kids and get a house and stuff like that, which is still things that I value right now. Um, But um, that's, was like my whole goal. I didn't have any like dreams of like having a studio and having this library and like being a photographer or anything like that. I just wanted to have that as my life. And so I was like, okay, what's the quickest way I can do this? And so I was like, I'll just take this like quick, like nursing program. Um And so I did that for like, The next two years after like my one semester of like taking um (laughs) physiotherapy classes and then i i didn't really enjoy school but i like i guess i like the learning aspect but i just didn't like the school like setting i guess Mm -hmm. um like if i like if i was going to school right now i think i would love it like like going to school like working from home like i think i would love it like i think that's the best way that i like to learn but yeah, just like, what's the quickest thing? And then my mom signed me up for this, like, I guess, like, Vancouver Community College or whatever. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, I don't care about, like, going to, like, a UBC or SFU. That doesn't really matter to me. I just want to, like, get this over with so I can start working and, like, get on with my life. And, like, you know, get married to my girlfriend. I'll do all that stuff, right? And then, um, yeah, so that's what I did. I went to school for nursing. And then I worked as a nurse for, like, um, about, like, five five to seven years after after I graduated and like, yeah, that was my life up until I like started to take photography more seriously.
0: (laughs) What did you notice when you were in the care profession Mm. about what people just really, really want, um, in terms of like someone looking after them?
1: Mm. I think like, I think, um, I mean, so I, I took, like, the nursing program, but I realized that I could have taken, like, a way quicker and um, cheaper program to do what I wanted to do. Um, I really wanted to work with, like, like, I really wanted to work with people um, with autism. That was, like, kind of, like, that was kind of the, the realm of, like, caretaking that I wanted to uh, work with just because I, like, had a, had a nephew um, that was autistic I didn't really know what that meant. And when I first met my nephew, I was, like, 14. So I was, like, I've never, like, had experienced, like, people with autism before. I didn't really know what that meant. But then as soon as, like, the, as soon as I could, like, look up what autism meant, I was, like, oh, this is, like, um, this is interesting. I've never, like, heard about something like this. And, um, and, yeah, and then, I don't know. I just, like, thought that that's what I, I just found that that was, like, really interesting like how um i guess their brains work and their behaviors and all that stuff i thought that it was cool how you could like like i don't know i just felt like like my nephew he was like really really amazing at like drawing and like but then like but then he was not that amazing (laughs) at anything else but i thought but i found it so interesting that like how could like you basically be this like young like Basquiat but then like you can't like but then he also like can't understand like how to like open like a can of pop or something like that and I'm like that's so like some people might look at that and be like whoa that's like a disability but for me I'm like wait a second but look at the painting though <laughs> like look at the drawing mm. though like that's kind of crazy like how does that work and um, so I was like really drawn to that and I think like the being in like the care industry really like help i think helped me um understand um i don't it really i think all those like things like helped like transfer over to i guess like art and like and mentorship and just like how much people and just like how much like um i guess for myself like how much like care like i put into myself and like my work and I don't know there's there's a lot of like things that 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 I learned like being in care that transfer over to what I do now and I think like I might not be like caring for like um people with autism but now there's like I feel like everybody needs like a level of like level of like someone to care for them for them to be like for them to um blossom i Mm. guess like that yeah Mm -hmm, and i think mm -hmm. like that's what i'm experiencing right now like kind of mentoring and teaching like younger photographers that like like learning from myself being a self-taught photographer it's like if i had someone like me when i was 20 years old discovering photography i think maybe i'd be farther along
0: Mm.
1: you know what i mean because i think like it when you're in like when you're in like that um Point like learning and all that stuff, and you're kind of lost, and you're kind of looking at like, who do I look at, or like where do I go, or like how do I, how do I reach the things that I want to reach? It does like take like someone to care for you, like a parent, to be like, hey, like um, this is here's some suggestions of where you can go, and I think that's like kind of that was the goal of like kind of the program that I was working in, in um, with working with people with autism. What it was very, um, we would create like schedules and routines for them um based on the things that we discover that they might be good at and then once we discover that we're like okay like now we can create like this whole new program to help them like get them integrated into the community and for them to feel like they're part of the rest of the world and i feel like that's the same way that i look at myself as a photographer and other people who want to like enter the industry or like be like or reach the things that they want to reach like in art
0: yeah, like yeah. what's your unique gift? Yeah, and yeah, let's yeah, yeah. let's nurture yeah. nurture that. Hundred
1: yeah, percent. Yeah.
0: I'm just thinking too of what you're saying in terms of what you learned in care and mm-hmm. how you're applying it to art. Um, in care, there's a certain there's a certain level of observation mm-hmm. that you need to be able to do. Like, mm-hmm. what does this person need now, or mm-hmm. how are they reacting mm-hmm. to to this? And I, I wonder if that f- that continued to like finally hone your levels of observation which then lend to, like, a more beautiful and nuanced eye when it comes to photography.
1: Mm. Yeah, I think that, like, I think that, like, when you're an artist, like, you have to spend, like, so much time, like, thinking and observing and, like, talking and conversating and, like, looking at, like, patterns. Patterns, like, in the world and patterns in conversation and patterns with your interactions. And then hopefully, like, those patterns – Trigger something where you're like, oh, like this thing is like very important. This pattern is happening in the world. And I think it needs like I'm starting to think about it more and I'm observing it and how these patterns affect like people outside of my world and people in my world. And then and then hopefully that pattern is strong enough for you to like feel inspired to make something. And then and then you have to like choose how you want to make it and i think that's like i think that's um yeah the observe the obs the observing part is like kind of like a huge huge part in both like care and like being an artist because you have to like yeah you have to take a lot of time like looking at stuff in order to like feel like um in order to like i don't know like pounce at that like opportunity to like say something really important
0: Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm there's almost like a hyper vigilance to yeah. caregiving right yeah. like you got to be able to see but kind of like mm. anticipate mm. as well i'm curious about what you're saying about patterns in the mm. world mm. is are there a couple of patterns that you're seeing happening in culture right now that mm. you're super fascinated with and you're kind of digging really deep into
1: mm. um i guess like the most like most like uh, 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 right now i kind of like am seeing the pattern of like what types of art and art forms that people are like getting attracted to throughout the years i think in 2014 2015 everybody wanted to be a photographer because of instagram it was so easy to be like take take up a camera and now i'm seeing that like the past couple years i've been seeing a lot of people that i knew were really into photography in 2014 haven't touched a camera since 2016 (laughs) and i think it's because like you you pick up this art form and then you're like oh this is really cool and then it opens you up to another world of like Oh, actually like through photography I found, you know, like digital art or like graphic design. And then I noticed that like a lot of people were like really drawn to like graphic design. And then those graphic designers like now are really into like digital art, like NFTs, AI and stuff like that. And then now I'm kind of seeing like a now I'm kinda of seeing like like a like a backtrack because like technology is so fast. Now I'm starting to see a lot of young people like backtrack and like be almost anti-technology and it's like i don't know i think that's like now i'm kind of like oh how come like these younger people are like so like anti-technology like or like they are very fascinated with like two early 2000s photography like shooting with like like photographers shooting with these like small point-and-shoot digital cameras that like probably our parents like bought Mm -hmm. when we were kids why do you think they are i think it's like i think it's For young people, I think it's always, I think noticing the pattern of myself, I was always, like, obsessed with, like, an era that I never, that I lived in, but never experienced. So it's, like, I was, like, like, when I was growing up, I was really, I lived in the 90s, but I wasn't conscious in the 90s, right? So I'm, like, when I see 90s things, I'm really obsessed with it, even though I never, like, had to experience it. And I was, like, oh, I really love, like, Wu-Tang. I really love, like, Tupac. But it's, like, I was like, I should not have been listening to that to that music. And I'm listening to it now because like I'm allowed to listen to it now. And I'm really obsessed, like with that era. And anybody that like I meet, like who actually grew up in that area, I'm like really curious to ask them about, like, oh, so like turntables, right? Like, what's up with that? You know what I mean? But I think now young these younger people who are like like 20, like like 19 to 25 are like. They never lived in the early 2000s. Sure, -hmm. they were like babies or they were like young kids when Britney Spears and Justin Timberlake and all this music and this type of like technology and this type of like aesthetic was like really big. Like it was around them. So they're very um, like sentimental to it. But like I I like hang out with a lot of like younger people and they'll come over to my apartment and they'll like look, they'll like look at my stuff and like, whoa, DVDs? What's this? You know what I mean? It's like, why do you have so many DVDs? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. Like, that's how you used to watch movies. (laughs) Like, that's why I have like 50 DVDs. And they're like, oh, so like, what did you do? You had to like put the disc in this thing and then I play it. And like, it's like kind of like, it's kind of funny. But I think that's why, like, I think that's like, I think that'll be like a pattern, like, a pattern like forever. Like people will always like kind of live in this area but not be conscious Mm. in this era. And then once they're like conscious people, then like, I mean, everything kind of like to, uh, everything always like comes back, like even in fashion, like everything always comes back. And then it's always like, it's because like, it's like people like me who are like probably like 30 in their mid thirties that reach a certain level in their career. were like, oh, I'm like, you know, like I've, I've become like the head designer of this like fashion brand and I'm inspired by. The, the era that I grew up in which is early 2000s but the people who are consuming my work are young people and then the young people are like oh what is this about and they're like oh early 2000s then they get obsessed with it right and then they end up like taking my spot and then like you know being inspired by what they grew up and then that young generation like oh what's that what's what's nfts i mean like you know like <laughs> yeah you know, so it always like it's, circulates
0: totally you know? it's totally circular yeah. i mean I, you know there mm-hmm. there is this huge mm-hmm. resurgence of the 90s right mm-hmm. now and and you were mentioning fashion too and it made me reflect on i mean i was an early like i was a early teenager growing up in the 1990s and um i just remember fashion was was like kind of a bit wild and fun like I mm-hmm. I remember mm-hmm. what I was drawn to like mm-hmm. I loved the Delia's catalog oh. which I know was, was mm-hmm. more for yeah. for girls yeah, yeah, yeah. but it was like kind of funky and quirky yeah. like almost 70s but different like yeah, 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 you know yeah. and yeah there's just a feeling that went along with 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 that mm-hmm. and uh, yeah I'm wondering if, if there there's a feeling that the young people want to feel right now mm. that was that existed in the, yeah. in the 90s that
1: too that too and I think like the thing with, like, things, like, coming back and, like, revolving around is that, like, the people who, like, the young people, they only, like, pick out, like, certain parts, right? Like, like they're not picking out, like, the bad parts or, like, even some of the, the really, really good parts. They're, like, for some reason, like, obviously they're still influenced by the era that they live in. So they're picking out the parts that kind of, like, are still, um, they feel like are still relevant to, like, the time that we live in now. So it's kind of interesting, like, how some things come back and some things don't. Mm. And it's based on, still based on, like, today, I guess. And yeah, it's, like, yeah. interesting. So you kind of see, like, oh, why? Why are, like, teenage girls, like, dressing like this? Or, like, why, when I go on TikTok, like, people are, like, oh, this is early two thousand style. But it's, like, but when I look at, I like, obviously I grew up in the early two thousand, But, like, when I look at, like, these TikToks of, like, early two thousand style, I'm, like, that is not what I wore, you know what I mean? Like, but I, but they're like, but the thing is like, they're like, the only thing they can archive is like, oh, like early 2000s hip hop music videos. And like, that's what they like reference. Right. Yeah. But like at that time, that was like such an unattainable, like I couldn't dress like the rappers and like, I couldn't dress like 50 cent cause I could have, couldn't afford it. Right. I was dressing completely different, but then like, there's no way that a, like a 20-year-old kid right now could look at a photo of me or like everyday people in the early 2000s of how they actually dressed. Yeah, yeah right they can only look at like a 50 cent or like um you know like like a britney spears or something and see how she dressed but it's like very aspirational you know mm. what I mean? like to to me growing up it's like i could never i could have never dressed up like the backstreet boys because like i was like shopping at like Blue notes, or like you know, you know, like <laughs> something like that, or like you know, like the sale rack at American Eagle, or something like that. You know what I mean? So it's like, at like, but the young kids they don't they don't know that they don't see that. So it's interesting. Like they pluck out from basically, it's always like pop culture, like kind of yeah, yeah, and then it becomes kind of like normalized today. So it's like, I don't know, it's like, it's super interesting. I mean, those are the things that, like, yeah. It reminds
0: me of, like, music and Mm -hmm. how there's, like, sampling, but Mm -hmm. then there's, Mm -hmm. I think it's called interpolation, Mm -hmm. where you're, like, you're taking, yeah, something from that already exists, Mm -hmm. but you're you're changing Mm -hmm. it, Mm -hmm. but you still know where it came from. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Kind of like that instead of, like, a full sample, you know, where you're just, like, plucking Mm -hmm. the entire thing.
1: Yeah. And I think it's, like, yeah, with music, it's definitely, like, Super interesting. Like there's this genre of music that a lot of my young friends talk about. It's called hyper pop. Oh. But like uh but like when if if I were to play you a hype hyper pop song, it's like basically like it's basically like um do you remember that song from back in the day that was called I'm Blue?
0: Yeah. It's yeah. basically
1: that. But they call it but it's like this new genre of hyper because it's like fused between like a very sped up like pop sound of like back of the day those like weird songs like like i'm a barbie girl like yeah. that those type oh, of beats yeah sped up and well, kind we of, called
0: that house like exactly like us, right? but
1: now it's called hyper pop because it's fused mm. with like with like kind of maybe like r&b sounding vocals and mm-hmm. like hip-hop um but it's those beats so i'm like so interesting went, so, yeah so like oh yeah this is hyper So i'm like so they're like this is hyper but i'm like so basically what you're saying to me is if i turn up the bpm on a craig david song that's hyper pop and they're like i'm like oh yeah that kind of does kind of sound like hyper wow. like, yeah it's basically that's basically what it is so it's like it's kind of funny because like they'll be like yeah it'll be like these younger producers that are like obviously very inspired by like this house pop like electronic sound and they're transferring it to like something that is more digestible to people's ears today because they're like because like we if you heard like i'm a barbie girl like back in the day you would have never like imagined like some r&b singer to be on on that beat but nowadays it is you know i mean so it's like so it's like yeah it's it's cool i mean i think everything gets repurposed and like yeah keeps it's an interpretation it's it's an interpretation
0: of the the generation yeah
1: Mm. Yeah, it's really it's really cool. It's very interesting. But I anyway, mean, anyways, that's what I've like been observing. Like wow, these types of things.
0: I love I yeah. love learning these things. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, what's the next gen? Like, what yeah. are they doing? How are yeah. they thinking? How are they moving mm-hmm. through the world? I um I recently did um because I don't know if you know this, but I'm also a certified sound therapy practitioner. Mm-hmm. So I ended up doing um, a sound bath for a Gen Z um, group queer mm-hmm. community, mm-hmm. and. Um, I usually send an intake form mm-hmm. out to each individual so I can just mm-hmm. see what they're going through, what I can see in terms of patterns within the group as well, so that I can best support them. And this group, out of any group that I've worked with over the two more than two years now, they were the most open mm. and vulnerable about what they were going through. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and then even. Um, during the session after the session like how open they were to talking about it and i could just tell that like these are kids that are super in tune with their emotions mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and who they are at a much quicker pace than mm-hmm. i was at that yep. age yep. and that's ju- that's mm-hmm. just how they exist in the world and with each yeah. other yeah. Yeah, yeah, super yeah. open there was mm-hmm. no there was no doubt in their minds that they could say anything they wanted to say mm-hmm. in that mm-hmm. room
1: yeah yeah, that's, like, the interesting part, too, about the new generation is that, like, I also feel like it's, like, the internet playing a huge part where it's, like, like, before when I was growing up, I couldn't, I didn't have other forums and other spaces to let up my emotions besides, like, my journal or, like, um, a really, really close friend. Uh, but nowadays, I feel like everybody's so open because, like, you're just, like, talking to this camera and then you're, like, posting it and then you don't know who's going to see it. But you're not really conscious about that. Like you're just talking to it and then you're just talking to this camera. You're basically talking to yourself, like looking at yourself and then you're just like, okay, I'm just going to post this. And then, Mm. and then everybody else like kind of just like gives their feedback or whatever. And I think that like allows for more, I guess like, like what you said, like not really being afraid to like, there's no like, like boundaries in how you want to like, share your emotions because like i think a lot of young people understand that like like it is what it is basically it's like Mm. if you feel sad like you should say you're sad if you feel happy you should share that you're happy And there's no like and everybody's conscious about like different types of experiences and i think that's like that's awesome yeah i think (laughs) i think it's wonderful like
0: i i felt very i felt very inspired and humbled by Mm. this group to Mm. to be honest and uh, yeah, I think it's, I think it's beautiful. Not that they're not going yeah. through mm. their own difficulties mm. of, of being young mm. and particularly mm. the, yeah. the queer community and what yeah. they've gone through. Mm. Um, but you can just tell yeah. they just want to be who they are. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: And it's like, and it allows for each of them to like be able to help each other. Because like if you don't like, if they're like super open, it's like, oh my, you know, I'm going through this with my sister or my brother and like, they're not like. I guess back in the day maybe you'd feel embarrassed if like you had a certain situation with like your family member or like a really close friend you would not know who to tell but now you're kind of like Mhm. It's like oh this is what I'm going through and I'm like okay this we're going to help you and it's like that's so that's yeah. so crazy that's so sick. Yeah, yeah, I mean
0: to have your community to yeah. have your chosen family mm-hmm. like it, it everyone deserves mm-hmm. something. Yeah, yeah. Like that yeah. for sure. Yeah, 100%. So Yeah, no, yeah. I I feel like every generation you know, that comes after us, we mm. can learn a ton. Yeah. On how to be a better mm-hmm. human. hundred
1: mm-hmm. yeah, percent. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, I'd love to go back to photography mm-hmm. and your journey into it. Mm-hmm. And also where you're at now, because mm-hmm. we had such an interesting conversation mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. artist versus mm-hmm. photographer. Yeah. Um, but what I wanted to ask you is you were saying that you're doing a lot of mentoring mm-hmm. and that you are helping people sort of really hone in on what their point of view is or Mm. like what their gift is and what they can share. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you, how do you do that? Do you have sort of a process around it or is it like an intuitive Mm. thing that you know, like once you get to know them, you're like, oh, that's what I can help bring out of you?
1: Yeah, I think it's just like asking them like what type of people they are, what they enjoy, what do they, why did they decide to do photography? And like um, what do they enjoy about like their art? Like what makes them feel good? What makes them feel not good? What makes them feel self-doubt and stuff like that and like getting to know them and where they're at i'm able to like kind of assess like yeah like what areas i think that they could be encouraged in or like be brought up in And i think like most of it is like like i'm not even really teaching photography because like technical skills is like it's easy to learn like we can go and learn lighting and all that stuff but it's like kind of like re um reframing like their mindset to how they think about themselves like as artists and what they value and I think like every artist every photographer if you go into art like it's not wrong it's not wrong at all to like want to pursue something because you think it'll give you stability financial stability and that's that's cool and I think that's fine because I feel everybody wants to reach a certain level of financial stability to be able to live their lives I mean that's how we... (laughs) stay alive, like, in the world, um, but I try to, but I try to let them know, or let them know that, like, hey, like, um, it's cool that you want to pursue, like, financial stability with this art form. I mean, I'm doing that, too, but at the same time, it's, like, um, like, um, it's kind of just, like, asking them, like, what their, what, what their values are when it comes to, like, like, how they, I guess, like, what the relationship is with, like, finance, what the relationship is with, like, um, how that balances out with art. Like, how does that affect them? Like, are you, like, like, I meet a lot of, like, younger photographers who are, like, oh, I can't seem to, like, make a living out of this. And I'm, like, I'm, like, maybe you need to reframe what it is that, like, what your, what your view of, like, living is. Because for me, like, all I value financially is to be able to like pay for my rent and save a little bit of money, give a little bit of money to my parents and buy a coffee every day. And that's all I really want out of life. If I can't do one out of the four of those things, then I I feel like I'm in trouble. <laughs> you know, that's what I'm like, Ooh, like what's going on, <laughs> you know? But like, but, um, but I think most people like try to carry this, like, uh, most, um, People who come come into art, they they um, or want to pursue photography or want to pursue art, they come in with like the mindset of like, oh, I can live the same way that my friend who is a doctor lives by doing this. Mm-hmm. But if you want to be realistic, like you can't. There's like a very small percentage of photographers that can live like that, but most of us can't, and that's just the reality of it. And there's nothing, and I think that's like, and I and like maybe that's like a discouraging to some people but it's like okay well then maybe maybe you shouldn't be a photographer because maybe your values in life don't align with like this craft that I think you sh- you should be spending more time on like like the craft than like than worrying about like how you're gonna do this this and this like you know and it's okay that like You can still be a photographer you can still take photos as a hobby or maybe you can still like you know do it as a side side thing and that's really cool because if it still fuels like your creative spirit then definitely do it but if you're not willing to like if you're not willing to like make certain decisions and make certain adjustments um with your with your life and how you like live according to like what you're like kind of like trying to pursue or like trying to care about then like i don't know there's got to be some like for me there's always got to be some like give and take when it comes to that and i try to like mentor these younger photographers like in that mindset because like yeah like sometimes like like it's sometimes like yeah maybe this just like doing this full-time or is a career like is not for you or maybe you just need to make certain decisions that will help you get to the things that you want to do you know what i mean Mm. if you want to live like your friend who's like a doctor then maybe you need to do photography and maybe you need to work somewhere else too and like that's cool and that's totally fine because if you're like if you're a photographer and you're also like working other some other part-time job that doesn't make you any less of a photographer of a photographer than someone who's doing it full-time like and i think that's another like frame of mind that i try to Mm. like teach like them as well yeah that's
0: that's an important one too yeah Yeah, not to see that you know having to maybe split your time between things as a a failure you still have an avenue of expression yeah and that will probably fill you in other ways that the other thing is not
1: yeah i think Mm -hmm. that like yeah i mean that's something that i've been saying a lot like these days like especially to like younger photographers and my peers it's like hey like it's not a failure if like i think sometimes like um like we kind of hype each other up as artists. It'd be like, oh, you're able to do this full time? Like, that's amazing. Like, you made it. And it's like, yeah, like, true. But at the same time, like, there's also nothing wrong at all with, like, still doing your art and working somewhere else, you know what I mean, and doing something completely different. Yeah. Because, like, you still made it regardless. Like, if you're able to, like, do that, like, to me, like, you still are you still made it to me, you know. Just because you're not doing full time, like that's fine. Nobody's doing anything full time. <laughs>
0: that's you know, and that's such an important. I'm really, really happy mm. that you brought that up, even just for for me too. Like just to mm. even sit in that, um, because you just take this pressure off mm. yourself of 100%. being like, oh, yeah, I'm a failure if I'm not doing mm. this fully. Mm. And maybe there's just a longer road to get there.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And yeah.
0: maybe there's just another like. Uh, configuration Mm -hmm. of how it's done for
1: you yeah yeah I feel Mm -hmm. like when I was getting into photography that's something that I was like really um conscious about too I'm like well man I do want to do this full-time and maybe I'm not like that great a photographer or whatever but I kind of saw that as something that's like well let me look at my life first like what's the most like what's the what's like real for me like I have to like outside of like like honing my craft like like there's live. other you yeah, there's other things yeah, that I yeah. need to do to mm-hmm. live. So the first like five, six years of me like being a photographer, I was working like two other jobs at the same time. Because I just like wanted to live and I I valued different things back then. Like I wanted to like, you know, if my friends wanted to go to Mexico, I'm like, okay, I need money to go to Mexico to like party with my friends, you know. So those are the things that I valued at the time. So I had to I knew I had to make certain adjustments with my life to like that so i was like working as a nurse i was also working in retail and then after i would be like make some time for photography and at at the same and like i personally didn't want to like put any financial pressure on me trying to get to know myself as an artist and i think that like really Mm -hmm. blocks people these days like these days like being a photographer seems so easy like you just start posting photos on instagram maybe you get a lot of followers maybe you get posting stuff on TikTok, and then you blow up and then you're a photographer right but that's, like, that's just, like, what we see. That's, like, what gets fed to us. But there's, like, for every, like, one person that you see blow up on TikTok, there's, like, a thousand people trying to do that that are not blowing up on TikTok. You know what I mean? So so it's, like, it's like yeah, like, you have to, I don't know, like, I think that kind of putting that financial, like, pressure on yourself to, like, while you're, like, still getting to know yourself, like, as an artist and, like, and you're not even as technically sound as you want to be, like I would always tell people like, yo, it's okay if you just want to like work like a part-time job so you can like fund your creative things and like take the pressure off of you like learning how to make really, learning how about yourself like as an artist. That way you can make more meaningful work that means something to you and you can find something that you want to say, find the patterns in your own life, in your own world for you to figure out what it is that you want to say so you can say that like so you can make art that you actually intentionally want to like give to people not just like you're just doing it because Mm. like you know you got you have to do it to like live yeah and then you end up like you end up actually getting to the place that you want to go slower than a person who's like working like at starbucks and like doing photography on the side
0: yeah and you know what if you end up hating it because there's so much pressure on this this thing to be the only thing yeah and you're just like a, it's i don't love it actually yeah, anymore yeah. because it's just yeah. gone down this road yeah mm-hmm.
1: and i mean i think i that's happened to like a lot of people that i've met where they just like are like no no i can make it i can make it and i'm like okay cool like i said what i wanted to say but like okay if you want to go this way that's cool but at the end of the day like i like i would want you to like keep loving like what it is that you do and don't lose like the thing that like drew drew you to it just because like now you can't like make a living off of it you know yeah but it's like yeah it's like weird it's like you're just kind of like jumping into the deep end like right away and i feel like like some some people maybe like they enjoy like the sink or swim nature of like life but for me like i'm really slow paced Mm -hmm. person and i have to like be um i have to feel a certain level of like um readiness yeah and like While I was like getting into photography. I did a bunch of like free stuff. And I did that because I knew that I was like learning. And even though I was probably like my friends were like these are really great photos. Like you should charge for them. And I'm like I don't know. I don't feel like ready to take people's money for this. I just personally I just don't feel ready for it. And I think like yeah maybe I missed out on a lot of like money. But I think in the end like I was uh. I'm like, like happy that I took like that route because like I feel very, um, um, for me, I feel very like secure no matter what decision I decide to make, like with my art. Like, if I want to take a break for a year, then I feel so fine with that because I know that this is just like a step into me, like, like going further, I guess, even though it might feel to some people that you're like, oh, so you're not taking any photos at all? I'm like, no. But, like, I'm still a photographer, nonetheless. Yeah. I mean, it's still a process for me to, like, not touch a camera and, like, think about myself and the world around me and, like, taking a step back and, like, figuring it out. Like, like I, I never want to, like, waste, like... Nowadays, like, I don't really want to, like, waste, like, um like, my time, like, making art that's just, like, looks good. Like... Everybody's art looks good. There's a lot of beautiful work out there. But like like, why, why look at like my beautiful work? You know what I mean? It's like there's so many people making beautiful work. So I'd rather like take the time to like make work and think about work that I intentionally am giving to someone so that I know that it's strong enough for that person to look at it and feel like they left with something or left something there. Mm. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. That's just, that's just how I feel. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, I think that's – I mean, I think it's a really beautiful perspective on it. Um, there's kind of like a – there's a confidence in that, mm. that um, – to know that, yeah, it's okay if I take a break. I, I was thinking as you were saying that, um, just about creative flow, mm. and it doesn't – you know, it's not like a never ending tap, you know, mm-hmm. that it's mm-hmm. just going to keep on channeling yeah. through you. It's like, yeah. sometimes you just mm-hmm. need to take a break and, yeah. and shut it off and like, let it build again. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I think that like, take like, um, I guess like culture and society, like they kind of look at like work in a, like an athlete perspective, like going back to like sports, like it's like, like, yeah. Like someone like a LeBron James, like, This dude's, like, nearing his last days. And he's, like, a unicorn. Like, not many people get to play at, like, 37 years old as great as he does. But most NBA players are done by, like, they're probably, like, over the hill by, like, the time they're 34. Because it's their body, right? It's their body that can't keep up. If they were, like, robots, they could play forever, right? But I think sometimes, like, young people or a lot of people, like, pursuing art, they take that mindset with them. The same mindset that you would be if you were... You know, trying to like be the youngest, like, like partner in your firm for like a lawyer, you know what I mean? Like, they want that. They want everything like super quick. And that's a crazy goal. And it's awesome if when people achieve it. But I don't think you should bring that mindset when you're doing art because, like, some people who are lawyers, doctors, whatever, like, their bodies are gonna fail them. Sports athletes, their bodies are gonna fail them. Like, surgeons, their hands are gonna start shaking and they won't be able to operate anymore. But art, you can do that forever. Hmm. So like it's like and like you might not be a photographer ever. Maybe like maybe you find yourself being a graph designer or a painter or a sculptor or like a set designer or something like that. But you can do that forever until the your very, very last like waking moment. You're an artist. And so like you should look at like your career as an artist in that length. Not like, oh, I got to get everything done before my prime. And it's like, what is your prime? Like, if you look at like the best photographers right now, the most legendary photographers, they're like, how old is like Anne Leibovitz, right? Like, yeah. she's like 70 or something. I don't even know. Like, Bill Cunningham, legendary guy, yeah. probably didn't even get as much attention as he should have gotten until he was like 60.
0: Yeah, totally. So
1: it's like, like, even like musicians, right? Like, even musicians, like. Sure, like they pass away, like R.I.P. Bobby Caldwell yesterday, you know. But like, look how many people are like listening to Bobby Caldwell right now. You know what I mean? And it's like, like your length as an artist, like, is your entire life. So like, even though I I am like mentoring young photographers, they're just young people. I'm still a young photographer, like, with them. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Because I'm gonna be a photographer. Hopefully I live till I'm like 70, 80 years old and I'm I'll hopefully I'll still be taking photos then. But yeah. I feel like I I'm confident that I'm taking really, really like my best photography like right now. Yeah. But I'm excited of what my photography is gonna look like when I'm 60. And I don't think that like I think that I'll still like I won't be I'm not like sad about that fact. You know what I mean? I'm not gonna sad about like, oh well, I'm not gonna blow up to like even if like something in my head or like, you know. God or Morgan Freeman came down <laughs> and told me like, hey, sorry, um, you're actually not going to blow up until you're 71. I'm going to be like sick. You know what I mean? Because like that's cool with me. You know what I mean? That's totally that's fine. many
0: more years of experience exactly. to collect along the way. To
1: me, it's kind of like, whoa, I'm going to blow up when I'm 71. So like I'm probably like I'm looking at it like holy smoke. So like I- my career is going to go up until I'm like 71 yeah, and beyond. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I don't know. I feel like yeah. Some people look at like their, the art career the same length of time as like a person who is like a surgeon or a athlete. But well, there's
0: a lot of ageism. Just yeah. F- quite exactly. frankly, yeah. right? Like, yeah. I'm, you're talking about this. I'm thinking about Michelle Yeoh and how mm-hmm. she yeah. she won her first Oscar. Yeah. I mean incredible mm-hmm. I mean there was a lot of nuances along yeah. the way along yeah. why it maybe took that yeah. long yeah. um but I loved what she said in the end where she was like don't let anyone tell you mm-hmm. that you know that you're past your prime mm-hmm. and I think that's great I mean one of my favorite podcasters Rich Roll mm-hmm. I mean he didn't blow up with his paw didn't write his first book like all the mm-hmm. things that have made him um more publicly recognized mm-hmm. till like 45 to 50.
1: Yeah yeah I mean even like like. My- acting even like Michelle Yeoh it's kind of like yeah like you might have not blown up when you're playing like a teenager or you're playing some young adult yeah but like your roles and your craft like change like as you age and you kind of come into that and the confidence in that right it's like Michelle Yeoh like like she probably should have like I don't know like she play has played many many great roles right but like she just happened to like you know win her oscar at this time yeah in this role that she embraced you know maybe she maybe she's not looking at it at at her career like i should have definitely like i'm like i don't like i don't i wish i didn't win this oscar for playing some old mother you know i mean oh some old like um mom but like she's like i definitely should have won when i was you know doing like Crouching tiger, hidden dragon, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. It's so like, I'm I'm not going to look at my art being like, oh, I should have blown up when I was, like, doing that, like, collage back in the day. But, mm. like, but I'd be happy, like, wherever I'm at. Like, whenever people decide to discover my art or when I am, I don't know, if it is in my cards to, like, quote, unquote, like, blow up, then, like, I'll be happy whenever that day comes. But I think I'm just happy, like, making art and, like, discovering that process and growing in that process and being excited that like there's better things mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. that I'm going to make and I'm happy that like I'm like um like present mm. yeah, yeah, yeah
0: yeah I wanted to ask you because it was something that came up in our, our last conversations together about you feeling um more like an artist than a uh, a photographer in, mm. in some ways. And I want to know, like, how are you feeling about that? Like, where are you sitting with mm. that right now at this point in your life where you're kind of taking a bit of a, a break, a little mm. bit of a, a step back? I mean, I know you're still working, yeah. but you're also saying no to a lot mm. of things.
1: Yeah. I think like, uh, I always like had this view of like an artist being like, a I don't know, like, a like, a brooding, like, kind of, like, emo, like, type person, or maybe it's, I feel like calling myself an artist felt, like, very, uh, uh, what's the word, like, pretentious, um, because, like, when I look at people who call themselves artists, I look at, like, yeah, I look at people like Warhol and Basquiat and, like, those type of people, like, fine artists, and I don't think I was, like, really making that, I don't think I still am, like, really making that kind of work, like, I'm, like, mainly, like, a fashion editorial photographer and i'm like okay i don't know that i mean yeah i guess it's art but like i don't know if i call myself an artist but um one of my really close friends uh jeremy lee who's a photographer as well he's always like telling me oh you're an artist you're an artist i'm like what does that even mean i mean like your photos are crazy like you're an artist yes shout out jeremy julie yeah but i've started to realize that like like yeah i think like uh, being an artist i think like what Jeremy was trying to tell me that it like goes beyond like the actual medium that it's more about like, that's more about like how, yeah, how you're observing the world and how you communicate and you get to like figure out like what it is and yeah. how it is you communicate it like, to What's the world. your point of view? Yeah. What's your point of view? And I think that like, there are a lot of photographers out there, people who like click and click the photo and, um, you know, I meet a lot of people who are like, oh yeah, well, I'm, um, you know, I'm pretty, I'm, I take photos, I'm pretty good at photos or whatever. And they do take very beautiful photos, but like, I, I guess, like, I mean, it's no disrespect to any of them because everybody has a place in, in their world and I'm not forcing anybody to like think so deeply about like their art. But yeah, I don't know. I feel like I, I am always consciously whether or not it is something as seasonal as a fashion editorial. Like, I tried to like offer some sort of perspective, some sort of story or some sort of emotion that people can like resonate with even if I'm just trying to sell them a dress or like a t-shirt or a fair of shoes. You know what I mean? It's important for me to be able to communicate that and there's other people that don't think about that at all and I think I've like embraced more and more like the the act of like, like being conscious of that. And I think I've always been that but I've always been like afraid to be like to kind of like um say it out loud I guess mm. I'd always be like yeah I'm a photographer and then they'd, and then I be, when I would tell people like oh yeah I'm a photographer like they would no no offense to them but they would always compare me to like some some photographer that like I would hate to be compared to because I'm like no, no, no that's not what I am you know what I mean like I don't I don't do that that's not me and, um, but then I, in my head, I'm like, but what, what is, what is me? Like, why, why am I, why do I feel so offended that this person's comparing me to that? And, and I started to realize it's like, oh, I think it's cause like, I think it's just cause I care like so much. And I care like so much about like my art where I look at someone who's like, um, I don't know, making a certain type of art or like moving in a certain way that or making work that I don't like um, feel then like, that I'm like, oh, like, I don't know. I don't really resonate with that. I don't, like, I I immediately, like, try to, like, tell that person that, like, oh, no, it's, like, I don't do that. You know, (laughs) I don't, like, do that thing that you think that I'm doing. Like, yeah, I do. I do take pictures, but, like, that's not, like, how I do it. That's not how I think about it. And it's, like, and so, like, I don't know. That's, like, how I've been, kind of, like, differentiating myself and who I am, like, as a, artists like mm. compared to how I thought about myself before. Mm. Yeah.
0: What do you think your point of view is?
1: I think my point of view is like I don't know actually. That's a really good question. I don't know if I, I've even like like fully processed that question. But I think um I think my point of view is just like is I think I'm just trying I think I'm just trying to make um honest like work like what's honest like to myself like I'm I've always been like a a realist I'm like I do like have a lot of dreams and I like daydream like a lot but like I'm very like um real when it comes to like um my life and how I approach stuff I d- I never want like I'm never good at like like i love writing but i'm never good at like writing fiction like i don't know how to write like made up stories of made up people and like um and like uh who have like wings and like vampire teeth and stuff like that Mm -hmm. like i don't know how to like turn that into something like i always have to relate relate my work to something that i've felt or something that my mother's felt or something that my friend has felt something that i've experienced like firsthand and like touched and like um shared emotions with and like i think um i think that's um and i think i try to put that out as best as i can like in my work but my work also also includes a lot of writing and i do include a lot of that in like my writing and i think that like um I think that I'm just trying to share, like, what's honest, like, like, with me at the time, like, that I'm living, yeah. and um, I always want to be conscious of, like, how my views and my perspectives and my values, like, change, and I try to communicate, like, um, I think my, I guess, like, overall, like, I'm just trying to communicate, like, that, like, um like, being of just, like, being, like, a human being, and basically just, like, Allowing people, uh, showing through my work and my words, like allowing people that like they can, they can change and they can, and it it's okay. Mm-hmm. I think like a lot of my perspectives and my values and my personality like has differed and changed and changed back. And like, I think that um, sometimes everybody can be very judgmental and rigid towards each other where it's kind of like, oh, well, wait a second. I'm like, I thought you said you didn't like Beyonce. And <laughs> so, so I was like, well, I'm like, no, I love Beyonce now. You know what I mean? And I think some people might look at a little thing like that and be like, ooh, that's a, like a little dishonest of you. But I'm like, no, it's not. It's like you you wouldn't allow like your a person to change their mind, you know? And I think that everybody has like should be allowed and have the room to like um, not be conscious of like changing, changing their mind when they know that like something has affected them that, like, has changed their mind in the good or bad ways, too. So, I'm like, I don't know, I'm just trying, that's, like, kind of, like, what I try to communicate, like, a lot, That is like, hey, like, this is part of, like, being, like, mm. a human being is to change your mind. Totally. And, yeah.
0: yeah. And I feel like what you said about Beyonce, too, like, mm. it's like, she's evolved as a person and yeah. an artist as well. Yeah. yeah. So, you, you, you can't limit artists yeah. to their own, bo- to yeah. a box yeah. either.
1: Yeah. I think, like, the the I think, I guess like like the people that I was like really drawn to like growing up were always people that had like, um, that had like a yin and yang and they're, like, loud about it, like my people that I looked up to a lot were like growing up were like, Tupac, and Allen Iverson basketball player, mm. Dennis Rodman, Mike Tyson, and like, um, these are people that like I looked up to because they were like so like i think a lot of people judge them so hard for one side but hey that that's just like that's who they are too but that doesn't cancel out the fact that like they're they're also this person you know i feel like tupac especially right like he'll make a song like hit him up but then he'll also he's have also a song poet yeah but he's know? like amazing artist you know what i mean mm-hmm. he'll have like um so many great songs that talk about a lot of things and yeah people can have these like kind of like like balances in their life and i think like everybody should be allowed to like have that leeway to like think and feel that way Mm -hmm. and maybe they're not going to be as out loud about it as someone like tupac or like a dennis rodman or something like that but i love that like i love like i love like um showing people that like you can you can um like, you don't have to be so, like, rigid with yourself and choose and feel like you have to choose this for the rest of your life. Because, like, something could happen in your life and it could completely rock your world. And I would I would hate for anyone to feel like they got to hold themselves back f- because, like, the world is telling them that they can't feel that way or be that way. Mm. But it's like, well, your whole world is changing and you want to change with it, but you're afraid that, like, people might, not like you because of this person that you want to become or that you're becoming mm-hmm. i feel like like i would hate that freddie one so i try to like communicate that in my work that's like hey it's it's cool like i know a lot of photographers who will like come up with a new style and they will like delete the rest of their instagram but mm-hmm. i like to keep like everything that i do like on there i like to see where for people to like scroll on my instagram and be like whoa <laughs> yeah. used it's to like take, it's yeah, a history of yeah, you yeah it's like right? i used to take like these kind of photos i used to edit it this kind of way and it's a document for me too mm-hmm, to see mm-hmm. how much i've changed and how much like i've grown and like seeing these benchmarks of like and seeing like certain photos where it's like whoa i was really like trying something here and then it turned into this and i think that's like really beautiful mm. i think that i try to like show that like with my own work and through my words and try to like relate that to like how people can also be like that, like as humans. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: It's so important. I mean, we're also we're also nuanced. No, and, and you just you don't you don't want to stay the same. Like yeah. why why yeah. would you yeah. um like stunt uh your evolution yeah. like that. But yeah. I, I get it. It can be scary because yeah. when you evolve and when you change, mm-hmm. um things around you will change yeah. too. Yeah. You know, like you yeah. might have friends, for example, mm-hmm. that suddenly you've evolved in a certain way and mm-hmm. suddenly your values or, like, what you're yeah. interested in yeah. don't really align anymore. Mm-hmm. And then there's going to be the grieving portion mm-hmm. of, like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, like, this person I was close to, I just, I don't feel yeah. that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And pe- maybe people are afraid of that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I think.
0: And so it's just easier to stay the same.
1: Yeah. I think it's, like, when you're artists artist, too, like, especially when you get, like, known for something, it's like, you know, you want to change, but then you have this kind of, like, weird like pressure that's like oh well people like this new thing that i do or like what if it flops or like what if people don't like it or like oh maybe i'll just like keep doing this thing that i actually don't want to do is like really good i mean like i feel like um yeah i mean i feel like that's why i like i love like people like kanye like so much because like people always like oh i love like i love old kanye when he used to make like this type of music and stuff but like i love like his journey through music and how he's, like, been very un- unapologetic with the stuff that he's put out. Because it's, like, well, whatever. Like, this is, he's, like, well, this is what I'm on. And, like, I'm going to put this out because it's honest to me. And I would hate for anybody to, like, be, like, oh, like, yeah, like, like I'm just doing this because, like, yeah, this is what everybody wants from me. And I'm, like, i mean, Jeez, like have you have you never watched any shows on Family Channel? Like you're not supposed to do this. Like you're not so, like you know, like you're supposed to like change. And if you feel so strongly about doing this new thing, like you should go do it. And that's the whole point. That's the whole point of like growing, I guess. Like that. You don't want to like box yourself in because other people are telling you,
0: like, yeah, yeah. Oh,
1: or or this is what I'm known for, so I should just keep doing this. It's like, well, nobody gets to like win an Oscar or a Grammy or like you know have the things they want by like just doing the same thing over and over mm-hmm. and over, you know what I mean? As an artist, I guess, but
0: yeah, You don't I mean, really want to want that what yeah, if yeah, in, yeah. in the end, like yeah. if, if you can and you have the means, yeah. like, and yeah. even if it doesn't go the way yeah. you
1: want, yeah.
0: then you can at least say, oh, you know what? I gave it a shot.
1: Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, I think that's like how I also approach like just like being an artist too. I always tell my friends, I'm like, I don't know, like I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take photos like for now, but like, I don't know, I might do something like later. I might do something else mm-hmm. later. I might give up photography, like later, and just do it for fun, because like I don't know, like my interests change, and I learn different things, and maybe I want to make clothes later. Maybe I just like want to like get into the art of coffee later. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I just be a barista and like open a coffee shop or something yeah. like that. Like maybe I want to do that, but like I have to like like be open in my mind to allow myself to be like, well, like yeah, that's what I want to do, mm. and I don't want to be conscious of being like, oh well. Well, yeah, no, I don't I don't I don't really like Donnell anymore cuz he's not a photographer or whatever. I'm like, that's fine. That's cool. Like, well, there's a lot more other people who are going to like me as a barista, too. So it's chill. <laughs> so it's fine. And that's what and that's yeah.
0: what's calling you at at the yeah, moment. yeah, and it's like, yeah, that's it's it's cool. If you want
1: to like s- stay and reminisce about Donnell the photographer, then be my <laughs> guest. It's cool. There's gonna be a lot of work there that you can look back at and be like, "Awesome!" But I'll be here
0: behind the coffee bar. Exactly. It's like, hey, but hey, I'm Raving making coffee you. now, so
1: mm-hmm. if you want an iced mm-hmm. americano, I could get that for you. You know, so I love that. Yeah.
0: Oh, well, I have a couple of questions for mm-hmm. you. Just a couple of last questions. Um, you were, you had mentioned to me that mm. when you were getting into photography, you had met some twins mm. who had, and I, I think they're yeah. still your friends. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and they really kind of opened up your world to mm. like art and fashion. Mm. And um, I am just wanted to know what you would want to say to them right now about where they, where they contributed to your life's journey.
1: Mm, man, yeah. Um. Yeah. I met these two twins. I, I I was like working at Starbucks in college and one of the twins was working with me and then his brother was going to school for graph design and he would be doing his homework all the time at the coffee shop. And yeah, I feel, I felt like super like connected to them. And like, we were just like, and we would just like hang out all the time, just like as friends. And I was just kind of like learning like a whole bunch of stuff from them. And I was pretty like, I was pretty like, I was just lis- listening to like, i guess in my head like normal music like r&b hip-hop like just popular like pop music basically but they really showed me like different things like they they were obviously like very um they were both in art school so they were very they were being exposed to so many different things so different things that i i didn't know about and i think through them i like learned more about like what art is and how expansive like it is and it's not so as rigid as I thought it would be and like and like how possible it is to like pursue that I didn't know like the process behind like 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 I would look at like a bus stop ad right on the bus stop but I wouldn't recognize that as photography right and that's and when I met them I would be like I started to see things as like art you know, like I look at like like these magazine covers like behind you. Like that's graphic design, right? But to me, I would have just been like, that's a magazine cover. But before but after I met them, I started to see like the process of like how that thing is made. And that's kind of what really like opened my world up of like exploring art more. And I really thank them like a lot for like the the honestly it felt like a billion years that we were together, but we were like spending pretty much every waking moment like together all the time every day doing young boy stuff <laughs> and like um and yeah and, i mean i i thank them as much as i can like in every like conversation that i have with people i always mention them and even like for them whenever i talk to them i always tell them how much like they've impacted like my life in terms of like the trajectory of my life i don't think i would have been able to explore the things in art that I would have explored if they never exposed it to me I think I would have still been happy in my life but I would be I would have would have been really been an artist and I think like they were kind of like that care figure that I was talking about at the beginning of this conversation where they saw something in me that they're like oh yeah like you know you should do this and you should do this or you should try this or yo take this camera like you should take pictures and like they were not like forcing it on me but I feel like they saw something that I was doing and they just allowed me to have the space and encouraged me to do it which like kind of like yeah which kind of like opened me up to like keep pursuing that like weird feeling that I had in my like like I always grew up categorizing myself as creative but like why though and I think they really helped me discover, like, the why. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, sometimes you'll meet people in your life and, you know, they'll do something like that. Mm-hmm. They'll, like, create a nurturing environment yeah. or some encouragement. Or sometimes someone will just say, mm-hmm. like, a sentence or observe something about you. And, yeah, then the tra- the trajectory of, of things will change. I mean, with this podcast, um, there was an old colleague of mine. Him and I had went to coffee. And I'd already been sort of thinking about this. This probably two and a half, almost three years ago and um, was talking about this podcast that I wanted to do. And after I you know, told him all the things, mm. um, he just looked at me straight in the eye and he said, I don't know if you know this, mm. but when you talk about this, your eyes light up. So mm. I think you need to go home yeah. and write a plan. Yeah, And I did that night, I did. And it started to come together yeah. and like, this is what it is now. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm so grateful to him. I'm so like fulfilled that I get to do mm. this. Um, but yeah i mean mm-hmm. all it took was him just to make that observation mm-hmm. yeah. about me yeah. and change you know or at least pushed me along this path mm-hmm. a little bit mm-hmm. further so yeah i get it i get yeah. those people who are sort of like open a portal in you yeah in a way
1: yeah 100 percent. so you know uh, shout out to, shout outs to those people yeah shout out to paulo and francis garcia <laughs> my brothers
0: (laughs) love it Um, so two more questions Mm -hmm. Um, when we were having um, our chat a couple of weeks ago Mm. you'd mentioned to me that um, you had released a project two years ago that said everything that you'd wanted to say at that time Mm -hmm. Um, what is it that you said with that project
1: Um, it was like it was a bit of what we were talking about earlier like being able to change your mind but most of it was also um, it was like I don't know what I would categorize it, but, like, I guess it was, like, a heritage project. It was about, like, I wanted to say something about, like, what it meant to me being Filipino. And I think that, like, I think at that time, like, in 2019, 2020, a lot, like, during the pandemic, a lot of people were really exploring and, like, diving into that question of what it means to be who they are and what their heritage is and stuff like that. And growing up, like I never had any problems. Like I never, fortunately for me, I had never experienced any like um, racism or anything of that towards like my culture, or, like being Asian or being Filipino. It's pretty fortunate in that. Um, I always thought that being Filipino was cool, but like for some reason, growing up, a lot of other Filipinos that I grew up with didn't think that. They didn't really think that it was cool. I don't know why they didn't think it was cool. I never questioned it. But I always just question like, oh, why is it that I think being Filipino is cool? And I think um, I started to, I go back to the Philippines pretty frequently, like every three or four years. So I have like a pretty good um, gauge on like what my cousins, what my family and my friends in the Philippines, what their lives are like there and what my life like is here. And I was trying to explore like the relationship between like Filipinos like everywhere I mean I would meet so many different Filipinos like everywhere that I traveled like in the states and in Asia and like in Europe and stuff like that and like I would just like ask them about their experience and stuff like that and I think um I think that um yeah and I think what I was trying to say in that project was that like was um how would I sum it up basically I was just saying that like Hey, like, it's okay that like it's okay that if you like don't speak the language, you don't really eat the food. Maybe you don't feel like connected to like the homeland. Like it doesn't make you like any less of a Filipino than some person in Manila, you know what I mean? I think like it wasn't my choice to come to Canada, right? It wasn't my parents came here. I, it wasn't that girl living in the suburbs of Indiana. It wasn't her choice to move there, you know what I mean? And we kind of made our own. I didn't have an example of how to grow up. I didn't have an example of how to be a Filipino. Or I didn't have an example of how to grow up as like a Filipino kid in North America. Or a Filipino photographer. I didn't have that example. I just kind of made it my own. And like I just and I think it's just like embracing that. And knowing that like hey like whatever you're doing like right now like don't feel like it's out of like the box. It is out of the box. And I feel like whatever it is that you're doing doing now, like that is like a Filipino thing. You know what I mean? That is part of Filipino culture where we live here in North America. And I wouldn't want anybody to feel bad about like, oh well, like when you grow up in your certain environments that you're not growing up around like, I guess your culture, you're going to like be a melting pot of so many different things so but i don't think that makes you any less of a, of who you are like as like an asian person or as a filipino person i think i wanted to like with that project i wanted to instill that kind of confidence in young filipino people or like people who grew up here that like hey it's okay if you like country music because if that's what you grew up on that's who you are that doesn't change the fact that you're filipino If you want to be a country music star, then country music is a Filipino thing. If I'm a photographer, being a photographer is a Filipino thing. Having a podcast is a Filipino thing because you haven't seen that before. So how would you know if it's a Filipino thing or not? You're already Filipino. So whatever you do is a Filipino thing. Hmm. So it's like I think I wanted to like tell that to a lot of my friends because like they would – Obviously, a lot of people are like, oh, my mom wants me to be a nurse or like my mom wants or My parents want this. And it's like, yeah, that's cool. But it's like and you can do that if you want. But like but there's so many other things that we can explore um, that you can be. And don't be like discouraged by like, I guess, like what Filipinos in this country have already kind of like mm. built Like, Filipinos are known for being nurses or barbers or dancers or whatever. But it's, like, you don't have to do that. Like, explore deep into yourself and get to know the things that you want to do. And don't be afraid that, like, if it's calling you to be, like, I don't know, like, a marine biologist or, like, a barista, if you love coffee that much, you should go do that, you know what I mean? And, like, and that's how, like that's how we get to the levels that's how we get into that's how like Filipino people or Asian people like get into like Black Panther levels you know Mm. and I think like I I I look because a lot of my my idols and the people that I was looking up to were African-American I would see like the 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 like their journey of how expansive like their their like um I guess personalities and stuff like have become like Back then, it was people like Tupac. Like, let's just, like, look at hip-hop, for example. It was, like, Tupac back then. And then it was, like, you know, and then it turned into, like, a 50 Cent. And then it turned into, like, I don't know, like a Jay-Z. And then a Jay-Z turned into, like, Lil Wayne. And then now we have Lil Everybody's and Young Everybody. And we have, like, Future and Playboy Cardi and, like, all these, like, different types of people that look different, that sound different, that grew up in different places, that they're not just from, like poor areas like Lil yachty is like from the suburbs you know what i mean there's like all these people making different stuff we have people like donald glover and we have people like you know like future at the same time you know what i mean and i feel like um they like i feel like african americans like they explored like that and Mm -hmm. they like branched out and they're like confident and like doing the things that they want to do and be themselves and i want the same thing for filipino people because we're just as talented and diverse as everybody else like everybody like all types of people are that are as diverse but they just need to be have that like kind of like like voice in the yeah voice in their head telling them like hey you can like dye your hair purple pink and green at the same time if you want Mm. i mean and no one's going to make you feel like you're like a weirdo filipino person or whatever you know because you don't have uh like you know, you don't have a skin fade and a slick back and a comb over or something like that. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Or like it's fine, it's fine. And I think that like I was trying to show that I was trying trying to show that in my own life, and I wanted to transfer that into a project that helped like tell my friends and my peers that like hey, like it's all good. Mm. You know what I mean? Like whatever you're doing, however you're feeling, like pursue that and. I love like that. and don't feel like you need to like don't feel bad about yourself that you don't know the language or whatever like that's stuff that you can like learn go buy a filipino cookbook and learn how to make sinigang or whatever you know like go, go buy like a filipino dictionary and learn the basic stuff that's stuff that you can learn but like you're like but i don't want people to feel bad because they don't know yeah. you know what i mean and like it's not your fault that you don't know because your parents too were trying to learn english too so like
0: just give it's, us some it's, grace yeah, for yeah, it's yourself like, it's, and the it's, culture. Yeah, it's nobody's whatever. fault
1: that you don't know this stuff because your parents were trying to acclimate too to survive. So, mm-hmm. like, you know, if they were telling you, like, you got to learn, like, perfect English because, like, you, you we need you to have a good job and blah, blah, blah. And, like, that's totally fine, you know. And I think that a lot, of, a lot of my peers and my Filipino friends were kind of feel like they were feeling a little bit insecure maybe embarrassed about that. And maybe some of some of my friends were feeling conscious about the things that they enjoy and the things that they liked because it wasn't something that maybe our other friends were into or mm-hmm. whatever and maybe like i've experienced like some of my friends like um you know being outcasted from a friend group because they're into something different and it's like well that's weird like that's weird like they're just exploring like the exploring the things of why like why we're here in north america to Mm. be able to do these things you know what i mean Mm. to be able to like do these yeah to be able to do these things they're just exploring the same way that i felt like i was exploring yeah and because i didn't i was i had the room to explore i didn't really like i said before like i didn't have like people judging me or like whatever i didn't i never really had like a close friend group like growing up so i didn't have people like telling me like oh you should be like this you should be like this i was just allowed to be myself so i kind of wanted to like make this project to instill that thing and like my friends no matter like what age they are like yeah just, just go giving room thing. for people yeah, yeah. exactly i but, like
0: that i like that a yeah. lot
1: i thought that would be a more like brief explanation
0: no that's <laughs> great that's exactly what you wanted to say but yeah my final question mm-hmm. that i ask everyone with what you do what is it that you want to leave
1: behind in the world what i want to leave behind in the world um I don't know, I think I'd, um, I think I'd, uh, I don't know, actually, I never really thought about that, and I think that, I think someone asked me a question, like like, like, years ago about, like, legacy and stuff like that, and I don't, I don't know if, like, I think I had answered it, like, I think it would be fine if, like, I just, like, if I just, like, passed, and then you know like the world went on (laughs) Mm -hmm. and I think I don't really um I don't really think about think about like what it is that I want to like leave behind I think I would like I think I would just want to keep living like presently wherever I am and hopefully I guess like if anything I hope that I can just like be an example for the people like in my world or my immediate like immediate world and hopefully they can feel like oh like maybe one day when they're growing up or when i pass that they can feel like oh yeah like uh you know your grandpa taught me this or like you know or i learned this from donnell or or remember when donnell did this or whatever like i think those are those little moments those are the only things that i would love to like leave behind mm-hmm. and maybe generations down the line my great 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 grandkids won't know who i am and that's like that's chill with me Mm.
0: (laughs) i like that a lot oh Donnell, thank you yeah
1: i think it's like you know when you like you can only skip a rock so many times yeah so it's like when this rock decides to sink then that's that's its its place in the ocean i Mm. feel like that's how i would like to live Mm. when i pass yeah
0: thank you so much for sharing all of your thoughts this was a really deep and philosophical conversation, which I always, always (laughs) really enjoy uh, very, very much. If people want to connect with you, if they want to connect with the amazing community library Mm -hmm. book section that you have um, uh, started and launched, where can they find you?
1: They can find the Instagram account. It's book and then two underscores section. Or you can come visit me at 1739 Venable Street and I'll be there every day. And if you need (laughs) book recommendations and you want to take out a book for free then yeah i give people a nice loose two weeks to bring it back hopefully people bring it back if you want it a little bit longer then just let me know but yeah you can connect with me on there and then i guess yeah my personal instagram is just Garcia, and you can follow my uh follow my photography journey
0: Your life's journey. Yeah,
1: my life's <laughs> journey. My ar- My artist's journey. Yeah, your yeah, artist's yeah, yeah. journey. The <laughs> yeah. artist's way. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you for your time. I yeah, really, really you. appreciate it.
1: Yeah, yeah. Awesome. I appreciate this too. Thank you so much for having me on uh, my very first podcast. Anytime. <laughs> yeah. Come back. Sweet. Thank, thank you.
0: you. As always, thank you for being here and for listening. To learn more about today's guest, visit the episode page for show notes and links on wearethecraft.com. You can find the entire podcast archive here or explore more conversations with past guests on Spotify and Apple. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button on these platforms, including YouTube, to get notified when new episodes drop. Any likes and shares on social media are deeply appreciated too. Sound and audio engineering for the show are by Andrew and Jay Gaspis. All guest portraits and images are by Juno Kim. Appreciate you all and see you again soon.